to the Families Voices podcast. Our podcast today is being recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and I wish to acknowledge them as traditional owners. I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. The Family Voices podcast is a series of conversations with families of young children with a developmental delay or disability. We aim to build parents' knowledge, skills and confidence in navigating early childhood services and supports. The podcast is also an opportunity for families to share their stories. This podcast series is brought to you by Early Childhood Intervention Australia, VICTAS. We're a membership-based organisation that's proudly worked alongside families, practitioners and other organisations that provide supports for young children with disability or developmental delay and their families for over 35 years. To learn more about the podcast and our organisation, please visit ekiavic.org.au. Hello, I'm Kerry Ball and it's a real pleasure for me to introduce you today to Jason. Hi, Jason. Hi, Kerry. How are you going? Yeah, good, really good and fabulous to have you with me today. Jason, can you set the scene for us? Yeah, sure, and it's a pleasure to be here as well. Um, Yeah, so my family is uh, myself, my wife, Jess, uh, my daughter, Jovi, and my son, Jude. Um, Jovi is six and at six and three quarters. I got corrected this morning. And uh, Jude is four. He's going to turn five next month. Yeah, so we're, we're a pretty happy family, uh, pretty busy family. Um, we, we tend to fill up the calendar with lots of different things, um, activities and sports and um, appointments and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, yeah, I think overall we're a pretty, pretty close, pretty happy family. Yeah. Um, I, and I work full-time and my wife uh, is a kinder teacher uh, working part-time. Ah, well, that's something I share with her. In my early days of my career, I was a kindergarten teacher too. That's how I started in working in early childhood. So you're a family of Jays. Yes, all Jays, yeah. All Jays. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jason, we, sorry, go ahead. No, that's all right. We, yeah, we, we had Jovi and, um, yeah, we loved the name Jovi and then we had to find another J for, for Jude. <laughs> Fabulous. Can we talk a little bit about Jude and when uh, you first started worrying about his development? Yeah, sure. It was, it was probably around when he was two, two and a half. Um, we just saw a couple of signs regarding his speech, um, a little bit of his hearing as well and his overall development. So, yeah, we started to get a, a little bit concerned and it wasn't a huge concern because we do feel it's kind of mild, but... Um, his, uh, yeah, his, his, you know, coordination, gross and fine motor skills. Um, we thought there's probably some sort of delay there. Um, so that prompted us and, and probably more my wife. She's the one that's, you know, um, sees the signs more than I do and uh, booked him in to go see a, a GP um, and see what we can do from there. Uh, so GP was your, your first port of call? Yeah, yeah. So after, yeah, the, the, those early days, around two, two and a half, uh, booked in to see the GP to, I guess, get the, get the ball rolling and see what they thought about it. And, um, yeah, got a few, um, I guess, assessments done from there. Um, the, our first concern was probably the speech, the speech delay. That's what we yeah, kind of stemmed from there. And uh, the GP suggested to get his speech assessed first and then, um, yeah, see what else we needed to do from there. Yeah, sure. I'm presumably hearing at that point too, just to see whether he had any hearing loss. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we did... Um, 
the the speech. We got your speech assessed by a speech therapist. We had um, a few meetings there and went to uh, get his hearing checked as well. And there was um, some tests they did and found that he had a bit of fluid on the ears, um, so which which affected his speech too. Yeah, yeah, okay. So you saw a GP. What about other people, Jason? Did you talk to family and friends about what was going on at that point or, or did Jess talk to other people apart from the GP? Yeah, I think just through, you know, general, you know, chit-chat and conversation with the family, um, it's kind of natural just to talk about your kids. So, um, but absolutely, uh, Jess's auntie is in early childhood intervention, um, but her sister as well. Uh, and my nephew did speech too. So there's um, there's a few people that we, you know, could talk to that could understand, I guess, where we're coming from. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. So you've got a, a family with a lot of people that um, know about early childhood development and uh, being a parent and all of that. Yeah, absolutely. And Jess's sister, I think, led the way in get, getting into uh, early childhood and, and kinder teaching and then Jess kind of followed her from there. Yeah, um, yeah. So they're, they're pretty close. They, they know their stuff. <laughs> ah, well, you do too as a dad. You you know stuff as well. But so you went to the GP, and then how did you go about getting the right supports and or or therapy, speech therapy, and even early intervention at that point, Jason? Yeah. So if I rewind back to when we first started seeing a few people and getting his hearing tested, um, yeah, there was fluid on the ears, so it was kind of right in the middle or towards the start of COVID too. Um, so wait lists were long. We didn't know who we could see, when we could see. So that, that was kind of difficult. Um, but then we actually ended up seeing a, a few doctors to get a second opinion on his ears and his hearing and the fluid because it was recommended to get um, grommets put in. Uh-huh. Um, so we actually booked that in as well and uh, had some spray for his nose to try and get the fluid out. Um, and as you can imagine, this is pretty early, so he's, we weren't getting any real speech done at that point. But the, uh, luckily we wanted to get a second opinion and the fluid kind of went um, as a result of the spray, so we, we didn't need to get the grommets in. Um, and then we had, I think it was around this time, the, the six free appointments from the GP referring him to get speech done, and that's yes. where the speech kind of started. Yeah. Ah, yeah, great. So you got that through the Medicare? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we, yeah. yeah we did a few sessions. I think we had to pay for a few as well. Um, but then, uh, yeah, we, we weren't overly thrilled with the, with the speech at that point. It was a fairly new uh, person and centre. Um, uh, but that's, yeah, that's, that's how the speech started, yeah. That's how you got started, yeah. So you were really focusing on sorting out the kind of medical issues about whether he needed grommets and so on and then getting started with assessments for his speech therapy and getting yeah, exactly, going. Exactly right, yeah. And, you know, that's that's over like a 12-month period just because of COVID yeah. and, and the wait times for, for the hearing, for the, for the grommets and stuff. So um, and then... That's when we saw that first speech therapist. That was when it was suggested we could possibly get the NDIS funding for, for speech. Ah, okay. So quite early um, stages there was talk about NDIS. Yes, yes, definitely. And, and that's when my wife started doing the application for it. Ah, so tell us about that because Jude doesn't have a diagnosis, um, but you have been successful in, in accessing uh, an NDIS plan. Can you tell us a bit about that, about how that works? Yeah, sure. And, and again, it was, it was definitely on my wife and, uh, and probably a bit of help from, from the auntie as well. Um, it was recommended that, or now known to us that we could apply and see, yes. how, we went and see how we go with that. Um, so Jess did the application. Um, she did it all on her own, actually. She filled in 
filled it all in. Said it wasn't too difficult, a um, bit of a long form, I remember, but then it took a while for them to assess it. I think that was purely because of the, the wait times and COVID. Um, but yeah, and then uh, all of a sudden it was uh, approved and um, away we went with the NDIS help. Yeah, yeah. It's a really important message for other families, I think, Jason, that you're telling us. One is that, you know, it's it's never too early to get started, but also you don't need a diagnosis to get help. That is, you know, you were able to get support from the GP and the speech pathologist and, and then go to an early childhood partner with the National Disability Insurance Scheme and get some support there. And, and yeah. in fact, you know, the NDIS provides a whole range of support as well as packages of funding for some children who are eligible. That's right. And, it's, and from what I understand, it's uh, Jude was eligible because he's under seven. Uh, and there's certain criteria that you have to meet. Um, and so he was struggling in a few of the areas, um, uh, behavioural, social and, and those type of areas. So he, he ticked the boxes that made him eligible uh, through the application process approved and then Jess had to do some tally health um, to talk about those areas that he's struggling in. And, yeah, and as I said, away we went from there. Yeah, you've described that really nicely, Jason. So um, Jude had some developmental delays that they were identifying were meeting the criteria for funding for the National Disability Insurance Scheme. Correct. And uh, and I think Jess or they also spoke to the kinder teachers as well and they tend to agree that he was struggling in a few areas. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and again... I got some info from Jess because she recalls it a lot better than I did. She was a lot more involved at that point back then. So um, very, very thankful for Jess going through all that for Jude. Yeah, I'd like to talk a bit more about that because it sounds like you and and um, Jess have really divvy, divvied up how you what you're doing and so on, but we, we might come to that a bit later. Of course. The therapists that you see now, um, who are they? Who, what therapies are you getting for? for um... yeah, so there's, there's a few. Yeah, we've got a good, uh, a good team around us, I guess. Um, the primary two are the speech therapist. Um, so we've got a fantastic one that was recommended to us. Um, we kind of headhunted her um, and she's just been fantastic. Um, and, and our OT is, is equally as good. Um, so, yeah, we've got an occupational therapist and a speech therapist that um, work really closely together. That's nice to hear. So um, you talked about them being a, a team. And yeah. do they see um, Jude in your home and in kindergarten and places like that? Yeah, yeah. And, and there's a couple of other supports as well, actually. But um, on the speech and the OT, uh, example, just being last week, we had a, a Zoom meeting, uh, which is the best we could do uh, for them two and me and Jess. We all Zoomed in separately um, just to go over where he's at and, and, um, and, and his progress and his plan um but the speech therapist we um I, I go i tend to go to most of them it's fortnightly at the moment uh-huh. um so i take some time out of work every fortnight afternoon to go with Jude to that uh and she also has seen him in his kinder environment twice now but we're talking of doing that more often as well yeah. um, the the ot is uh comes to our house and and even uh, we've, we moved house recently, but, uh, you know, she was very accommodating and in our area, uh, also visited my, um, my sister-in-law's house too. Um, but you know, in that comfortable environment for Jude, but yeah, definitely now it's uh, fortnightly at home. Yeah. Yeah. So why is that important to you, J- uh, Jason, that, that, um, they're coming to home in kindergarten and those other environments? I think it's probably all about Jude um, to make him comfortable. Um, the kinder sessions, which the OT also goes to kinder too. 
that's I think that's been really, really beneficial just to see him in, in his natural environment with other kids his age um, and, his, and his social group. So that, that I can tell when, when we're talking to them, they get a lot out of seeing him in those environments and, and obviously being at home and uh, the OT work with you doing activities, you know, on the kitchen bench and talking through that. So he can, you know, we can continue doing that at home and Jude's comfortable either with the OT or with us at home to do them. Yeah, yeah. It just makes good sense, doesn't it, seeing children in the the places where they're comfortable and happy and and the places where they're naturally learning. Absolutely. And with um, Jude starting primary school, not next year, the year after, so we've got a good, I think we've, we're kind of tweaking the plan a bit where they're going to attend uh, kinder uh, more often um, uh-huh. and, and work with him and his teachers. Um, and I will say that we, we just changed to a, a childcare around the corner from us and they've been fantastic and the teacher's really good. You know, we've got a really good vibe from them straight away. And uh, yeah, actually Jude has had a bit of a up and down kinder life. We, we had him in three-year-old kinder and the kinder closed down, which is very unfortunate. That was Jovi's kinder as well. Um, so we had to change kinders this year, um, moved house and now we're back, back into our old area. So he's changing kinder again next year. But, you know, he's, he's super resilient and we're lucky to find this childcare uh, as like an interim thing where he's going to do one day. Uh, and they've been, they've been really, really good. So uh, yeah. I think that, that helps a lot when you've got the good educators around. around. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, um, it's the other part of the puzzle, isn't it? It's yes. about having um, environments and educators in childcare and kindergarten who are, um, eager to be part of that team. Yeah. 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 yeah I guess all that change, all that chopping and changing for Jude just shows you how, you know, how, how resilient he is and, and yeah. he just goes with the flow. He's a, he's a really good kid. Oh, that's fantastic. Cause those transitions can be really tough for some kids, but it sounds like for Jude, he's just uh, gone with it. Definitely. Yeah. Speech, you thought, Oh, how's he going to go? I guess with another change, but um, no, he, he's fine. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, resilient, as you say. Yeah. Yeah. You, you mentioned that there were other people um, in the team. Were you referring to the educator centre or are there other people that are involved? Uh, so, yeah, at the moment we do uh, one play therapy a week. Ah. So that's kind of a new thing. We've probably done that oh, maybe eight or nine times now and Jude absolutely loves that. Mm. Um, and we are now talking or we've booked in to do a nutritionist as well just to work on his eating. Okay. Um, he's not the best eater. Um, so, yeah, it's just uh, lucky that we can do this under NDIS too. Yeah, yeah. So you pull in supports and expertise when you need them. Yeah, I think uh, Jess just asks a lot of questions. Can we do this? Can we do that? What do you What do you recommend? And and but we might be, you know, the exception where we, we actually try and put it all into place straight away and Jess yeah. gets onto it immediately and books it all in. Yeah, well, it sounds like Jude's got a team of uh, a whole lot of people in his team, not the least of which is you and, and Jess. You talked about what Jess has done in terms of getting the NDIs going and so on and what you do in terms of going to the speech pathologist and so on. So you're doing this together, but it sounds like you've got different roles. How have you worked all of that out? Um, yeah, sometimes we probably ask ourselves that a lot. <laughs> the calendar <laughs> is, is very, very full. Um, so I feel like, it, you know, mornings and nights, me and Jess just say, all right, what are we got on tomorrow? What are we doing? Who's picking who up? And, uh, we're a really good team. I guess that's what makes us, you know, perfect for each other that we just like to work in sync. And it's yeah. probably all about the kids, to be honest. <laughs> we, it's rare to find some time for ourselves. Uh, and yeah, so I, I said to her, I was probably at the start of last year that 
it's all about due. So if I need to take some time off work, I, I will. Um, I can I can be a bit flexible with my time. Um, Jess is, you know, she works three days a week at the moment. Probably going to cut back a bit next year, so we can spend more time with Jude, and we're not so uh, rushed. But you know, we do we do like to be active. Um, my daughter does gymnastics, basketball. Kids do swimming as well. So we we don't like to really sit still at home. We like to fill up the calendar with lots of fun stuff to do. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I guess we're just we're just a good little team. Um, yeah. The, the outside support for, that we get from Jess's parents is fantastic. My mum as well. Um, and, and sister, you know, friends, friends that live around the corner help out a lot too. So yeah, we, we try and not push the boundaries, but call on a bit of help when we can, when we need it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another uh, parent talked to me recently and reminded me of the phrase about it takes a village. And it sounds like you've got a, a whole village around you with family and friends. And yeah, I guess when you explain it like that, we, we do. Um, I feel like we're, we're a small group, but I guess there's a few there that we that we call on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's fantastic. What are your hopes and aspirations for Jude? Um, main the main goal is definitely to prepare him for primary school. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's it's all about his um his social and and him being able to fit in and and have that that speech and communication those skills there to you know to make friends and be happy. Um, and, and not that he's not happy, he's definitely a happy, happy kid. Um, but, yeah, so that's that's probably my main goal. And, yeah. Well, ma- making friends and being happy is, is uh, pretty important in our lives, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. but you've got a sort of sh- a medium-term goal around getting ready for school and, and so he's got a second year of kindergarten next year and then off to school the following year. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So we did three years of kinder for my daughter and we were always thinking of doing that for Jude too. So we kind of started NDI uh, assistance at the start of last year, um, mainly. So we had last year, this year, uh, and one more year to prepare him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, with Jess as a kindergarten teacher, she knows about the importance of, uh, you know, good high-quality early childhood education. It's just so important for for children's learning and development, isn't it? Absolutely. And, yeah, I can see the benefits of that. I was probably... Uh, more towards my, my daughter we, we felt was uh, was pretty advanced I think um, and ready um, but just said no no an, an extra year is does wonders for her and I can see that now yeah. um, so Jess I know Jess is definitely encouraging her her parents at her kinder um, if there's the opportunity to give them an extra year especially mm-hmm. for, you know for their social skills um, mm-hmm. give them that extra year so they can you know be absolutely ready for school mm. oh that's that's good to hear about all of that Jason, have you got any other thoughts or um, words of wisdom that you'd like to share with other families on the podcast? Um, my words of wisdom, um, I think it's not a scary topic, I guess. I think we've got, a, we've got our good support group, which I've talked at length about. Um, but, you know, we're not, a, we're not afraid to talk about it with people. Um, I, I think it is what it is. And Jude is, you know, perfect in our eyes, so... Um, there's no there's no harm in talking to people about this kind of stuff. Um, even back when uh, we had Jovi, Jovi was an IVF baby. Um, you know the, the processes you go through and the things you go through for your, for your kids is uh, sometimes pretty. Yeah, you know it's emotional at times. It's difficult. It's challenging. But uh, I, I remember thinking when we did IVF that if there was other people that are doing it and that are scared or that it's hard, um, you know, just talk to people. There's there's people that can help you and talk you through it. And, um, I guess the same goes here. Um, it's it's a, it's a good thing, I think, 
um, to be able to talk about it and to get the help you need uh, for your kids. So, I think it's a good thing too, and it's one of the reasons why we have this podcast is so that um, it isn't a scary topic. It's something that families can talk about and share and uh, learn from each other and know where to get support. So I'm, I'm totally with you there, Jason. Yes, definitely. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure for me to hear your story and to have you on the podcast. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Kerry. Yeah, have a good day. You too. Thanks. Wasn't it reassuring and affirming to hear Jason finish off our podcast by discussing how important it is for us all to be talking about our children and any concerns we have about their development in an open way. He said it's not a scary topic. There's no harm in talking with people about this stuff. And I agree with Jason and think it's important to find the people we trust, whether it's family or friends or professionals, and seek their understanding and support early. This can lead to relief, validation, and access to services and resources. For Jason and his family, there were conversations with family and the GP when they first had concerns about Jude's speech. That led to medical and developmental assessments, special support, as well as ongoing access to good quality kindergarten and childcare. Part of that specialist support was through the National Disability Insurance Scheme. Jess completed forms and gathered information so the NDIS early childhood partner could determine if Jude met the criteria for developmental delay and subsequently receive an NDIS-funded plan. Jason and Jess have used this funding for allied health therapists to work as a team in order to support Jude's development, primarily in the places where he plays and learns, at home and at kindergarten and childcare. It was very clear to me that Jude, along with Jason and Jess, were at the centre of the team, guiding others in the way that worked for their family. That's what we know works best for children and families. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Family Voices. Make sure you subscribe on your podcast app and feel free to leave a review to help us gain more of an understanding of what types of conversations are helpful to you. More information about the podcast can be found on ekiavic.org.au. Until next time, thank you for listening.